All right, I don't even know what episode this is. Michael Timo, what episode of... Uh, I think it's eight. Sweet. Tater nine. You know what? Let's start this over in just a second. Let me actually look it up. No, I'm going to keep talking, actually. Uh, guys, it doesn't even matter what number this is because this episode is already one of my favorites. Yes, it's one of my favorites. I was so happy. Brand Tobler was on my dream list of uh, people to get on this show because his stories are crazy. And I, after he left, I was like, I wanted to talk about the rental car. Do you know about the rental car? Yeah. Uh, for those that don't know, I mean, hopefully we can have him back on the show. Yeah, just wait. Just have him back. Just no, just I'll just pop it in so that way they this know. This is episode eight, by the way. Episode eight. That uh, it, he rented a car and just never returned it for years. Yeah. <laughs> I paused because I want you to sink that in. Yeah. He rented a car and never returned it for years. How did they not a tow company? They would call him and be like, hey, can you bring it in? And he's like, oh, I'm on the road. He was like taking it on the road all the time. They couldn't track him. <laughs> He is a beast. Um, so I, I had to find out what that bill was, how we got over it, how we can still rent cars, which you can do. He can? He rented a car this week. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he sent out a Snapchat. He's like, oh, look who rented a car after he's on the blacklist. Totally can never rent a car again. Me, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Way to put yourself on blast, Brant. <laughs> Dude, I loved it. I was like, he's my favorite human right now. <laughs> if he does it again, I'm going to laugh so hard. So uh, this episode is very special because it's the first time we had somebody no-show. Yes. Parker Searfoss, who I roast battled only but a week before. Yep. And so uh, we're going to play that roast battle for you guys because Parker deserves it. Because <laughs> what, what was the outcome? Uh, they'll listen to, to me win to, later. Okay. Yeah, they can. there we go. <laughs> yeah, if Parker uh, won the roast battle, we would not have it on at all. <laughs> that that's a good point. Yeah. Well, if you had a couple good jokes. But boom. Yeah. No. Actually, uh, I want to say both of us did really well, and a lot of jokes landed. Yeah. And it, I think we both walked away looking good. But after that, we followed by Mr. Brand Tobler, uh, crushing it, guys. Enjoy. Seriously asking that question. I don't mean to startle you guys. I'm going to start talking right behind you. How are you doing, everybody? We're actually going to start a comedy show right now, and almost none of you are expecting it. I can tell by the smattering applause of one person walking further away from the stage as I'm talking. <laughs> the guy that I have producing this show is like, I don't want to make eye contact with the show I'm producing. That would only help the situation. What you're watching right now is a little bit different from the regular comedy show. Because it's a podcast, so we're recording it, and the whole premise of this idea... Wait, Trey, are you leaving? Oh, I was really hoping you guys would at least hear the next couple sentences. Perfect. Is that I want you guys, the audience, to ask as many questions as you guys want to ask us while you're here, too. Just raise your hand so we don't interrupt anybody. 
But like, especially like the comedians, they have the best questions, and so I definitely want their feedback and so even if the show is starting to feel a little slow you can definitely raise your hand and be like why are you being boring you know what i mean like it's like i feel like it's everyone's responsibility to help things out i have a question in the back already how you doing perfect how old is this building i do not know i will tell you this i've actually wondered that myself and I was afraid it would be too young but look really old. Like a person, when you are like when you find out someone's 25 and they look 45, I feel like this building might be one of those people. You know, <laughs> where it's like, like if it's any younger than the 50s, I'm going to be upset with uh, everything. Actually, I do know that this building was around in the 70s. I don't know if it was around in the 60s or 50s. And I'm trying to remember who. Somebody said that some famous person used to wait tables here in like the 80s. But I think that's all bullshit. I feel like in, and in Los Angeles, didn't a famous person work in every place before they got big? Isn't that how that works? Yeah, exactly. I've been confirmed by the three people in the corner, yes. So now it is officially a fact. Hey, Michael, can we update the Wikipedia page for famous people that they've worked places? Perfect. We, <laughs> we have that narrowed down. We also have Periscope going full blast. So we, if you guys are worried that we're going to get not get enough dumb questions, we're going to go to Periscope and get the dumbest questions. Absolutely. I, uh, I want to explain my shirt here real fast. I'm wearing a Seattle Seahawks shirt. And if you guys are familiar with the Seattle Seahawks, they have a thing where they've retired the number 12 for their fans. And their fans buy shirts that say 12 and they say fan on top. And so I made a joke that it was stupid they would do that. But if they won the Super Bowl, I was going to get a shirt with the number 13 on the back and have it say bandwagon. And I 100% did. So I'm a bandwagon fan of the Seahawks. That's right, guys. Thank you very much. Custom things. I'm a fancy man with fancy shirts. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I can hear a little bit of echo in the back. That is perfect. That's what I need. I know. I'm thinking, like, do I want to create long, lingering silences? I kind of do. Is this from Periscope or you, Melissa? Periscope, what question do you have? All of New York is watching. Guys, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, we are on... I like how every single person from New York thinks they represent the whole city of New York. All of Compton? Guys, both computers in Compton are on, and they're on this. <laughs> yeah, that person should get on a bus and go somewhere safer. I will stand by that. We're in Sherman Oaks, and I'm making fun of this. I'm making fun of Van Nuys, somewhere in the middle. If they saw this neighborhood outside of here, they'd be like, oh, I'm going to stay in Compton. Like, I thought, like, oh, Melissa, we have another question from the internet. The difference between New Yorkers and Californians? New Yorkers go, you know, I think I can walk to that. Californians go, why would I walk to that? That is the difference. The Californians will drive any small distance. New Yorkers will walk up to two miles to get to anywhere they need to go. Um... I'm trying to think of other differences. Because New York seems so cool, and L.A. seems like it's not cool at all. Am I wrong in that? It seems like it's all business out here, to where New York, you can actually get lost in cool shit. 
for an extended amount of time. If you find something cool, you hang out with it because it's going to go away in six hours. Yes, Melissa. My next show is actually right now. I'll be here for the next hour and a half on Periscope. Uh, you should continue to watch that. After that, I would say November 12th. Go ahead. You can walk right in front of me. I'm not afraid. Okay, never mind. <laughs> it's not Nom. This is only Cork's Lounge. <laughs> I know. I was like, the person on Periscope is named Charlie, and she's like, I can't let him see me. <laughs> That's insane. Um, wait, I'm going to answer this question, and I'm going to definitely get to you in a second. The question was, my next show, November 12th, Flappers, Yoohoo Room. Don't know the time. Free happy hour drinks? That would be zero. Happy hour ends at 7 p.m., which is when my show... Oh, okay. Well, give me a high five on the way out. Always good to see you. <laughs> Guys, this show infamously chases away all the happy hour people where they go, fuck this. If I don't get a $3 Wells, I can't deal. I think the Tiki Bar is a $4 Wells. Welcome, Don. How you doing? Uh, this show has been interesting or is going to be an interesting show because this is the first time I've ever had it where someone canceled last second on the show. His name is Parker Searfoss, and instead of having him on the show, we're just going to air me beating him in the roast battle last week. <laughs> so we'll wait until the roast battle tells me to take that down. I'll get the cease and assist. We'll, we'll fade that in right now. Let's, fucking, let's, let's do this. Uh, <laughs> the person coming to the stage, hey, he lost his first Rose Battle. He's trying again. That was Buddy from Flappers. Make up for Aaron Michael Marshall. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. A M squared. How are you, sir? Doing good. How you doing? Now, your battle in park is here for us. He looks like Jay Light holding the periscope uh, camera right now. <laughs> now, you, you guys are buddies the Flappers. Why are you battling this guy tonight? Because he asks, and I'm not afraid to battle Jay Light's secondhand jokes. Woo! me down, Jay Light. Moses, this has to be exciting for you. He literally is three fifths of a person. <laughs> I, I, I just want, I just wanted to double check, Aaron. Are you representing uh, Flappers or the Lollipop Guild tonight? <laughs> hey, strong today. Shit, you ready for this part? Hey, folks. You know, you know Dallas, Texas. You know Jay Light. Make it loud for his stem cell. I was. That was my favorite show. <laughs> That's the hot young references you get out of Burbank. You are a Let's have some fun. It's one round, it's one minute, it's different set, trade jokes back and forth. Who's going first? Yeah? Ooh. Errol's going first, so one of these white guys. Well, he's got nicer tits, so I say he does. Remember, <laughs> <laughs> audience, this is Aaron. This is Parker. Let's roast! I like Parker because he likes to put his money where his mouth is. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jay Light's asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron's parents disowned him. Aaron's parents disowned him after he left the Mormon church. Hey, at least they didn't return you to the Build-A-Bear factory. <laughs> Parker looks like Ted Bundy, but if he's going to do stand-up, you know he's incapable of killing. <laughs> but his special's coming out on ABC No Family. <laughs> Parker resembles Harry Potter. And by that I mean his friends do 90% of the work and he gets all the credit. Oh! Aaron worked as a 911 operator. He loved it when rape victims called in because that's the closest he ever got to phone sex. Oh! Explain that joke! Explain it! We don't have time to explain it, so we'll get to my joke. He had to report rapes. It's alright, Parker. Parker likes to dress like a Fisher Price toy because he wants kids to put him in their mouth. Oh! <laughs> Aaron actually worked as a 911 operator in Arizona when Gabby Giffords got shot. Yeah. Years later, and Gifford still has a better looking headshot. Oh! <laughs> Parker's parents pay for everything, and his friends book him on shows like these. He has more AIDS than the 80s. <laughs> AIDS. Aaron's got a tattoo of a toaster. When I said I wanted you to take it back with a toaster, I said, right that. I need to shut up and give the kid a chance. <laughs> hey, Aaron has a tattoo of a toaster on his arm. Whenever I said I wanted you to take a bath with a toaster, I meant one that fucking plugs in. Hello. All right. Worth it. Totally worth it. Everybody, get on to this kid. Michael Marsh, do something about it. Parker? It was a good battle. Folks, bring it up for Aaron Michael Marsh. He's going to win. Yes. 100%. And fading back, guys. Thank you very much for listening to me beating Parker on the roast battle. My best joke, I would say, I think that, I don't think it was Bundy. It was I. Parker puts his money where his mouth is. Jay Light's asshole it was my favorite joke that I had of him. That's the one that got the biggest response when I was testing it with audiences. So that's why I opened with it. I feel like the Ted Bundy joke could have been written about anybody by anybody. I just happened to be the one to write it. Um, you've done the rose battle. Don't you have a rose battle coming up, Trey? No? You've done it like six times.
This is perfect. I feel like I've definitely established three conversations in this room that are not this podcast, and you're welcome, everybody. Christine, how you doing? Thank you for waving. By the way, if you're just catching on, I will welcome everybody by name as they walk in. <laughs> I do find it a little bizarre that every time I've had a question in this show, I almost always remember their name. Even if they come back in another week. I never got your name, sir. Roberto. Roberto, you said it like you aren't as white as you look. That makes sense. His name is Bobby and he looks like Bobby. By the way, comics, when somebody asks you a question, I'm going to repeat what they say just so it makes the recording. Um, that's my little echoing effect. Thank you. I think, uh, I think we're almost out of questions. I'm going to bring up the first guest here in a second. Any last questions before I bring up the first guest? Good. Yeah, I gathered the no from the corner. When she didn't raise her hand, I was like, well, she's a no. And she's like, I better verbalize this. No. Hey, Andy, can I get that drink? Yes. I didn't even notice it was poured in the back. Thank you, buddy. All right, guys, let's bring up the first guest. He's a very funny man. We're very lucky to have him. When I first came up with the idea of the show, he was on my dream list of people to get. Please welcome Mr. Brand Tobler. Nineteen fifty-eight is your answer, sir. That's when this. Bit How did you find that? <laughs> I just googled it while I was waiting to come up. Oh my God! The internet is magic. Nineteen fifty-eight. <laughs> Anything else you need? I, I have Google. Yeah, this building doesn't look like it's any older than nineteen fifty-six. Good for it. Uh, Brent, I initially wanted to ask you on because I never heard the story. I hear bits about the story of the time you tried to kill your dad. Yeah. <laughs> That yeah. is the truth. I did try to kill my dad at one point. <laughs> <laughs> he deserved it. He's an awful person. <laughs> I, w I wish Bobby would kill my dad. If you, if hey, I, I Bobby's like in. Bobby, you should at least offer money first before you just offer to murder somebody. I felt better when you were Roberto. I, don't, I believe Roberto is more of a killer than Bobby, but yeah. I will pay cash to whoever can do it. What, what would be your asking price? I, everything I have in my bank account. $50. <laughs> Which is not much. We have up to $50 to murder his dad. <laughs> if I had enough money to murder him, it would uh, it'd be over already. So, no, can, so you, can you tell everybody how you tried to kill your dad? So long story short, my dad was uh, he was in prison the whole time I was a kid, and I worked in Las Vegas. I was like, Let's give it up for prison. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, my dad... So my dad got out of prison and I moved to Las Vegas to try to have a relationship with him. I got a job working for a bunch of professional gamblers. I was a runner on the Las Vegas Strip, so I ran up and down the Strip betting on sports. So I always carried like $100,000 cash with me. One night I went to sleep. My dad stole $80,000 cash from me. Oh, okay. And then he <laughs> went in to my little brother's room and stole $350 of my little brother's hard-earned money. So at the time, I was like 22. My little brother was 20. Saw my little brother crying. I'm like, that's it. We're going to kill my dad. <laughs> <laughs> but as you can tell, I don't really look like a killer. And I've never killed anyone before. So I knew my dad was deathly allergic to penicillin. So I came up with a plan that we would get a Jamba Juice full of penicillin and give it to my dad, and my dad would drink it, and then he would die. <laughs> but my dad was too smart for that shit, so... 
He's been drinking penicillin <laughs> for years. He didn't like Jamba I think we picked the wrong Jamba Juice flavor or whatever. But <laughs> So he didn't drink the Jamba Juice. So then my cousin, who's like a real, a real killer, devised a new plan. And they cut off all the power. And they waited for my dad to come home. My dad had this Camaro he thought was so cool. And he always had to have it parked in the garage. So my dad... My cousin and my little brother knew that, and they just waited for my dad to come home, and they cut off all the power, and they opened the garage door, and then uh, sure enough, when my dad came home, he parked his stupid Camaro inside and got out of the car and manually shut the garage door, and when he shut the garage door, my brother and cousin jumped out with golf clubs and tried to kill him, but uh, <laughs> but he got away, and I... Uh, Evil never dies. Yeah. And I've never seen him, but that's like uh, 16 years ago. I've never Wait, seen him. Wait, that was him. the last time you saw him? Yeah, I, and I wasn't even there. I flew to Estes Park to, uh, so I wouldn't be a suspect. So, yeah. Smart move. Was anybody, <laughs> right. caught? was anybody caught in any of this? No, no, no. My dad was, my dad was on drugs and shit. I mean, he wasn't calling the cops for anything. It's amazing when people really need to call the cops, how they find a way not to. Yeah. That's so he, truly amazing. Now, how did you pay back that $80,000 in I did, debt? That, that was the problem. I had to go tell my boss that I was $80,000 short, which was, I don't know where you guys work, but you probably don't ever want to tell your boss you're $80,000 short. And I didn't work for guys you want to be $80,000 short with, but they were, uh, they understood. I mean, they knew I didn't do it. They just said, you it's know, like, they were multimillionaires and they, they it was know. like a verbal write up where they're just like, just don't do yeah, it again, Brand. <laughs> Get out the door, you crazy like, bastard. They said, you can go back to work, but you don't have any more dads. Do you have any stepdads or anything out there? I said, no, we're good. So Yeah, it's like, we, no, we killed them successfully. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They're gone. So, yeah, it was, uh, what's that? Sorry, what was the question? Get your boss to kill the dead. He thought about it. He wasn't too happy with In Vegas, I'm sure that guy could have. He had $80,000 he could lose. He has $80,000 set aside for murder, I'm sure. Which I don't think is even an eighty thousand dollar thing, right? Isn't it cheaper to get someone murdered? I, I, I say know. that like you know. <laughs> How much? Is, isn't it like fifty? I don't know the go. <laughs> I haven't been on Craigslist. Li- I don't know what. <laughs> we can ask who who someone name a price. Who? I mean, Bobby said he'd do it for fifty bucks earlier. Bobby, what is your true murder price? Fifty grand. Fifty yeah, grand, huh? I actually think I'd go higher. I would have thought more. I think I'd have to be half a million before I'd kill somebody because I would need to know that <laughs> if I have to hide forever that I could do it. That lady doesn't want to sit by you anymore, Bobby. <laughs> She's like, how much money do you need? <laughs> well, God hey, Scott. It, Scott. No, no, no. If you're going to admit to trying to murder <laughs> people, let's not use your real name at all anymore, yeah, Bobby. Now that, yeah, now that he thinks he's on a job interview, he's like, it's actually Scott. <laughs> yeah. Here's my phone number. <laughs> Here are my references. My proper ID. Actually, Stretch, if you don't mind, what do you think the going rate for uh, murder is? It all depends on the person. It's a sliding scale. He's actually yeah. right on that, 100%. No. 10 Gs. Guys, I just fact-checked with the comic who had the smartest, yeah, yeah, scariest answer. Yeah, nobody would have looked for him. It wasn't... He's not going. To, he likes Vegas. Drugs are cheap in Vegas. I don't think that it would be cheaper to kill somebody in Texas. I think Vegas might be really cheap to murder somebody. And it's got all the desert around it specifically so you can bury bodies. 
The more high profile, absolutely. That makes sense. Absolutely. Your dad's not a politician. Very low profile. Didn't even he didn't even have a MySpace at the time. Not even he, a MySpace he, profile. You could have killed him. What was that, Christine? Get a junkie to do it. Get a junkie to do it. That is another idea. Well, now where were you guys when I needed you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone's got these great ideas on how yeah. to kill your dad. If I had when a time machine, I could do a lot of good in this world, but I would take you guys to Vegas and help kill yeah. my dad. But first you go kill your dad, and then we find go to the 50s. Then we would party. do some good shit. Make sure that Broncos don't draft Tebow or whatever I don't want <laughs> people to do. Is that the biggest regret you have your whole life is that the Broncos No, no, no. I've done a lot of awful shit I regret. <laughs> Dude, I got to know. What events have you snuck into this year? Uh, I snuck in to the Rose Bowl, right? I snuck in the Rose Bowl. I okay. snuck in That's the first Seahawks. of the Seahawks. I snuck in uh Which Seahawks game? Uh Seahawks Cardinals. I snuck in. You can sneak in anywhere. It's really easy. How do you sneak in? Here's how you do it. If you guys want to sneak in somewhere, what you do is you have one of your friends go in that has a ticket. Then go to the smoking section. You can usually get in the smoking section, but I don't smoke, so it's harder. But you have your friend hand you a ticket out the gate. Then you text yourself. You look. You figure out what bar is close to the stadium. Then you text yourself and say, hey, this is Aaron from so-and-so bar. You left your credit card there. Then you text yourself back and go, oh, shit. I can't believe I forgot it. I'm going to come get it right now. Then, the, then you text yourself back from the bar say, okay, I'll have it for you at the front. Then you go up to the gate, and then you have your ticket, and they go, hey, you can't come back in. You've already left. Then you pull out your phone. You go, look, I told the security guard I had to leave to go get my credit card because I have no money, and I want to buy food and drinks, and I, I got to get a couple jerseys for my nephews and shit. So I got to get back in there. I just didn't want to be in there without any money. And then they go, okay. <laughs> go in. Yeah. Just don't leave again. So that's all you have to do. It's that. It's literally that easy. Don't jump a fence. Or I mean, it's super easy. You're dealing with <laughs> someone who makes eight dollars an hour that will, doesn't really give a fuck usually, and then you just say urgency. Or one time I ran up and just said I forgot my coat, and I just took off in a dead sprint at the gate. And then they're like, "Slow down, slow down." I go, "I left my coat in there. It has my phone, my wallet, everything in there." I'm panicked, you know, and just act panicked. And they go, well, where's your ticket? I go, it's in my coat with my money and my phone and everything. I got to get in there. And people's human nature, because no one wants to lose their phone or their wallet, are like, shit, you better get back in there and get your stuff. So <laughs> it's not that hard. I mean, that's, this isn't the Super Bowl, but I mean, you can sneak into pretty much. Yeah. Nah, I, could, I tried, but I couldn't. Yeah, I was going to say, close. you tried to get into the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it, probably, it doesn't hurt being a goofy white kid that looks like he has. Yeah. Who actually bought the ticket? I'm not yeah. wearing shirts that say Wyoming everywhere you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that helps. But if you just be nice and charming and comedians, it's easy. Just just say I'm an idiot. I f I forgot and they'll go, "All right, we're idiots. That's why we work this security guard job." So, <laughs> go right in. So, yes. not that hard. We all just got season tickets to whatever we want, yeah. guys. So, I hope it works for all you guys. I hope it does too. That's the <laughs> that's advice is so good. I'm just here to help. Wait, so you said you were a runner yeah. in Vegas. What's the biggest bet you ever made? Uh, we and then the biggest bet you ever ran. Uh, like for the suit, we'd bet $100,000 on a game at times. So we bet. The best story I have is when I was a runner, it was a Hollywood story kind of thing, but we knew the agent of the girls singing the national anthem. So 
Who was the girl singing the national anthem? Can this was like ten years ago. Okay, but you can they do you can bet on the national anthem if how long it's going to be. And we knew the agent, and he told us that they pre-recorded it, and they were going to use that during the Super Bowl. So we bet the shit out of the out of this, but we had to trust this agent, dude. We told the agent we'd give him fifteen percent of what we won, so we had to trust him, or we might have had to kill him too. But so. At the high, I mean, I worked for the biggest professional gamblers in the world, but that so Super Bowl, we didn't give a fuck about the game. We all sat there in his mansion with stopwatches, watching the national anthem. As soon as the chick got done singing, we partied. I, I literally don't remember one play from that game because <laughs> we made so much money. Because it was like, you know, so well, occasionally you'd get fixed games like that, but you still just had to trust somebody, you know. Yeah, there's. If still I told you guys something was fixed, you'd be like. So we, 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 I mean, we, now in hindsight, we're like, fuck, we should have bet everything we could have possibly got. But I mean, we, we made a pretty There's good. There's still a risk. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they could change something last minute or, you know. Has that ever backfired where somebody was wrong with the information? Yeah, yeah, a lot. But that, you would try to trick. Because there's teams of runners out there, so you'd always try to trick each other, you know. So a lot of times they'd be like. <laughs> It's very, it's like the stock market. If you, like, if you wanted to bet the St- the Seahawks, let's say, you would throw it out there, oh, Russell Wilson finally fucked Sierra and didn't get any sleep last night. He's going to play shitty tomorrow. Then I would go bet. You, there, there's a lot of gamesmanship in it because you're competing, and there's no real rules, you know. You can lie, cheat. I mean, it's the ga- it's Vegas, so there's a lot of shady shit that went on, but you're dealing with straight cash. So you don't have to answer to anybody. That's just a good advice for the whole everything in the world What's just that? deal with straight cash not to deal with yeah, anybody it's if you can do it <laughs> i'm amazed at how few questions there are for such amazing things you've <laughs> dropped you're like yeah i tried to murder my dad and everyone was just like all right of course yeah i get it we've all been there uh i do want to, oh i'm sorry go michael most amount of money you won in one game In a day, the most amount of money you won in one day. Oh, I don't. I mean, I worked, so I just had a percentage, a small percentage of the. But there's there's days they won like two or three million dollars. I mean, these guys are rich, rich, rich dudes. But I, the most I ever won myself was like probably like seventeen thousand, betting against that chick when she tried to play with the dudes in golf. Annika Sorensen. <laughs> Yeah, you had to make the cut. That was the biggest bet. Uh, well, here's an example of what you just asked. We so we bet golf a lot, and we knew a guy that was one of the one of the caddies told us that his player had a uh, food poisoning, and we had all just had food poisoning like a month before, and just laid in bed and shit and threw up the whole, you know. So we're like, if this guy has food poisoning, he's never gonna win his individual matchup. And and in golf, if you start and don't finish, it still counts as a bet. So we bet the shit against uh, everything. I mean, we as much money as we could get down against this guy, and then he fucking went Michael Jordan sick game and shot like a seventy-two, and we and we we couldn't be mad at the caddy because on TV they're like, yeah, he's really sick. He's just being a hero, and we're like, fuck this hero. He's costing us <laughs> a lot of money. So so yeah, that was a bad inf- that wasn't a bad information. It just didn't work. I mean, sometimes it just didn't work out. There was times when they're like, we knew. Important, important shit, but sometimes miracle dudes play out of their minds or something. Were, you, were casinos getting mad at you? No, it's like... Uh, you they have bet- to know who the runners are, right? Yeah, so they yeah. knew. So then we could protect them from like... So I could only bet so much. Like my limit would be like, let's say, 20000 on a game. 
but that would keep me from dressing you up like a drunk tourist and have you stumble up and be like, hey, I just want to bet like 100000 and then... <laughs> You know, so then they would come to me and go, hey, is this guy real? Is he a dumb sucker? Or do you, is there anything there? And I'd say, he's a dumbass. Take his money. Or I'd go, you know. So we work together. If I bet something, let's say. So you like verified people like Twitter? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was like a verified runner without a, <laughs> just with a pocket full of cash instead of a check mark. But I've, or I would say, hey, Peyton Manning's out. So I would say, give me 20000 against the Broncos. And then as soon as they gave me the ticket, I'd go. You should watch that game because I don't think Peyton Manning's going to play. And then they would take it down, and then that would protect them. And then they would rather lose 20000 to me than let everybody take a shot at him, you know. So we became friends. Did you ever get kicked out of a casino? Yeah, I got kicked out all the time. Okay. <laughs> uh, but that's just that's just because I hate security guards more than – I just fucking hated uh, – because at the time I was like 22, 23, so it would be like 35, 40-year-old security guards talking down to me, and I'm like – I got more money in my pockets than you've made in your life. Don't fucking talk to me like a little kid. So the most famous thing I ever did at the height of it, I, I uh, stopped a roulette game while it was playing, and I pulled the roulette ball out in the middle of the casino, and I threw it at the pit boss, hit him in the chest. <laughs> so I got a – so the be- the cool, the cool uh, Imperial Palace. Go ahead. I, they were just talking shit to me, and I was just drunk, and – <laughs> I got kicked out of enough because I bet so much money that they uh, they couldn't really kick. I mean, they could kick me out, but they never wanted to kick me out. So once I figured out that I could just put on a show and uh, and then there'd be no repercussions, I did a lot of dumb shit like that. <laughs> just showing off. I'm very douchey. I mean, I was 22 from Wyoming. I'd never, in hindsight, I was a real douche, but I just didn't know. Did you, so were, you I, I do, huh? were you stealing shit? Were you stealing shit? No, no, I could just do whatever I wanted because okay. the casino wouldn't kick me out. So if there's a table full of girls and then a security guard, like what I would do just for my pure enjoyment, if a security guard walked by me and his walkie-talkie went off, I'd just go, hey, man, that's too loud. <laughs> and that would just drive him crazy. And he'd be like, hey, man, don't talk to me. Like, And he'd put on a big production, and then I'd put on a bigger production. And then they'd take me to the casino jail, and then they'd say, this guy's 86. He could never come here again. And then I'd get my ticket, and I'd walk out, and then the next day the the heads of the security would go, hey, he's not 86. Do we need him? Let him back in. And then I just walked by <laughs> these fat fuckers like, oh, you thought you got rid of me, huh? Now you know who the fuck I am. Don't don't mess with me anymore. So it's very douchey now. I, well, you shouldn't treat people like that, but yeah, I just hated security guards so much. Yeah, but for the for the podcast, that's wonderful. Uh, yeah, I, was, I mean, yeah. I love doing it, but now as an adult, I'm like, I probably shouldn't have done some of that. Melissa? What's the douchiest thing you've done to them outside well, of the, the douche? Well, not to security guards, but at the height of it. So I, <laughs> I got I got laid so much from this one move. Is uh, so I carried cash all the time. So I always had ten thousand cash in my front right pocket. Never anything that wasn't a hundred dollar bill. When I got home at night, if it wasn't a hundred dollar bill, I'd throw it in a box and just save it. Right. So if I was even at Arby's or something, I'd pull out my wad of money, ten thousand every time, and be like. And they'd be like, you can't pay with hundreds. And I'd be like, it's all I have. And then Vegas chicks are like just money-hungry whores. So they'd be like, so I would take this wad of money. And girls would always be like, how much money is that? And I'd be like, you know what? I'll let you guess. If you get within $100, I'll let you have it. And girls don't really know how much money really is. So they'd be like, I, I don't know, like $843. And I would hand them the wad of money. And by the time they got to like 3000 it was just a wrap. And I would be like... 
And then they would hand me back the money. I'd go, you want to go out to dinner somewhere? And they're like, yeah. i go, well, where do you want? You can pick wherever you want. So then I could, I could get everything comp because I bet so much money. So they could pretty much pick whatever restaurant they want. So then we would just get drunk because everything was free, eat this amazing meal. Then at the end of the night, I'd be like, we're pretty drunk. I don't know what you want to do. I can get a hotel room for free or I can just have the limo take you home and then I can bring you back in the morning. But after those girls seeing all that money and having an incredible dinner and all these drinks, they're like, let's just go to the hotel room if you can get a free hotel room. And then that was, I had it down pretty good and it just ran like a cycle every day. And, uh, <laughs> very douchey, but I mean, it was just, they were, lo- it was too easy not to do it. Girls were just money hungry whores and I was, had a pocket full of money in comp, so. How in the world did that cycle ever stop happening? Well, so my my bosses, so in the end I worked for these, I started working for these younger dudes that were really, really smart dudes. And they were like 29 and they built this incredible computer program, but they were like nerds, so they never they never could get laid and they, they just didn't do good with girls. So they were Skyping with these girls from Thailand, teaching them English. And these guys flew over to Thailand to pick up these girls, and uh, one of the guys didn't go for what reason, we'll never know, and uh, he was bipolar, and he had a bad back, so he was taking all this weird medication, and he, uh, he flipped out one night, and he called his mom in Phoenix, and his mom in Phoenix got all worried, and she drove up to Vegas to check on him, and we worked out of this big mansion, and she couldn't get in, so she called the police, and she didn't know what to do. So the police came, they kicked down the door, they found this dude dead in the pool, and they went through the house. They found all the computers. And we had like 2.3 million cash in the house, three different safes. They took all the money, all the computers, everything. Like three days later, my bosses come home from Thailand with their new girls. And they pull up to the house. They see the front door open. They run inside. They're like, holy shit, something happened. They call the police. They say, hey, we think we got robbed and something happened to our friend. The police are like, your friend's dead and we got all your money. You can... <laughs> You might want to get your lawyers and come down here tomorrow. And my, my bosses went and uh, went down there, and then they called me the next day and said, uh, we're moving to Costa Rica, and it's over. I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, it's over, and they left, and uh, that's how my the job ended. I did not expect that. <laughs> I didn't either. I thought I'd still be working. I got fired. <laughs> not really fired. They just didn't have any reason for me to go to Costa Rica. Yeah. Did, did they just give you a wad of money on your way out? No. Like, no, no, just no. Later, Brandon, you just showed up one day to an empty building? No, they told me. they just. I just got a phone call saying it's over. I was like, what do you mean it's over? They're like, it's over. We're going to Costa Rica tomorrow. So Because they, they bet every single day, so they had to keep betting. So they had to go, but they couldn't bet in Vegas anymore, so they let the lawyers, I think the lawyers got like 60% of the money back just because it's like money laundering. Everything was cash, so none of us paid taxes or anything, so we just had to for, you know, forfeit like 40% and they moved to Costa Rica. i never seen them. They're like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody in my life just fucking, people die and they disappear, so I don't know. I don't, that's just how it goes. Okay, uh, one more story, and then we're going we're gonna to get to the next guest. I don't know whether you want to tell the Vanderjack story or the Dillard's thing. Uh, I'll tell the Vanderjack one, I guess. I don't want to. I'm tired. I don't want to tell the Dillard's one. But uh, okay, good. If uh, anyone's listening at home wants to hear the Dillard's one, I think that's on YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my buddy Jeff Die, he's a comedian. We were on the road in Naples, Florida, a shitty town just full of rich people. We. Just really rich white people, so our shows were, we bombed every night. And we were just frustrated, and 
we went to this bar and it was called Vanderjacks. And we were just getting wasted. And then it hit me. Mike Vanderjack was a kicker for the Colts. And when I was a runner in Vegas, I had a huge bet on the Colts to win the AFC. And Mike Vanderjack fucking shanked this kick. It cost me like $50,000. So I always hated this dude. So I asked the bartender, I go, hey, is this Vanderjack's bar? And he's like, yeah. And I go, where's he at? I just want to talk to him. He goes, ah, he did <laughs> He doesn't come here anymore because he was he, he coached a little kid's football team in that town and, and a little kid was calling him wide right from the kick that I'm talking about. He missed it. So this little kid was heckling him and he choked him out. <laughs> and then he ended up and then the bartender said, Well, he was fucking one of the waitresses here and his wife caught him so he doesn't come around a lot, so we were just like, damn, this guy's a complete douchebag. And I told my buddy Jeff, Jeff's never gotten any trouble or anything in his life, and he always wants like a, a story. So I go, Jeff, what we should do is steal something from Vanderjacks. Because I'm, I'm a big Peyton Manning fan, and Peyton Manning hates Vanderjacks. So I said, we should steal something from Vanderjacks bar and bring it to Peyton Manning, and then he'll give us tickets for life or whatever. That's my dumb idea. So Jeff goes around the whole bar, tries to steal something off the wall. Everything's nailed in there. We just give up on it. So we're drinking a bunch of Fireball. And if you know, Jeff dies a, a really good-looking, famous comic. And so there's all these chicks waiting for him. And uh, as we're walking out, these girls are – we're staying in this huge penthouse. And these girls are waiting for us. As we're walking out the doors, there's a jersey hanging on the wall. And I just barely tap it. And I realize it's, it's hanging on a string. And I pull Jeff. I go, hey, come back here. And on the wall, there was a Vanderjacks Pro Bowl jersey and Edron James Pro Bowl jersey, the ones they wore in the Pro Bowl. I said, Jeff, I think we could jack these jerseys. He's like, all right, let's go for it. <laughs> so we tell these girls to wait outside. We'll be out in a second. So these girls, pull, they're in a little eclipse, too. As we're walking out the bar doors, we both just grab a big-ass jersey. I mean, I'm talking a bit. I'll show you a picture after this, a big-ass frame. We run outside. We jam it in this eclipse, barely gets in there. We go back to our penthouse, break open the frames, pull out the jerseys. We're like, fucking, we did it. We're pro bowlers. We're playing football. <laughs> the chicks are wearing these jerseys. They're like long dresses, you know. So we party in these jerseys the whole night. They're covered in glitter, beer. They're fucking, we, they're like our jerseys. So the next night, we tell the comedy club owner, we thought he would think it's funny. We're like, yo, we jacked Vanderjack last night. We got his shit. Come over, you know, take pictures with it and everything. And. He got mad at us. He's like, you got to take these jerseys back. We're like, fuck, man. It's, it's a prank. It's fun. He's like, you got to take them back. So, and Jeff was mad because he finally had a story. He didn't want to take them back. I said, Jeff, let's just take them back. Whatever. We don't want to get in trouble. So we throw these jerseys back in a frame. They're all, like I said, they're all fucked up. We just really partied in them. <laughs> we have these girls drive us back to the bar, and we just set them over the, over the balcony, and we return them. You know? We call the comedy club owner. Like, we took the jerseys back. He's like, all right, fine. So we do the show the next night. Nothing happens. It's our last night there. We have another shitty show. We bomb the whole time. We're like, let's go get fucked up. So we go out. We go to these bars. All the bars are dead. We're, we're dead. We're like, where's everybody at? They're like, oh, everybody's at Vanderjack's. It's his birthday party. <laughs> They're like, well, you guys can't go to Vanderjack's. And we're like, why the fuck not? We, why can't we? They're like, all right, if you guys want to go, let's go. So we go to Vanderjack's. We get there. He's already left. The bar's pretty packed, and we start drinking. And I don't think anybody really knew it was us. So we get pretty drunk. And at one point, I just look at Jeff. I go, you know it would be pretty gangster? would be to steal his jerseys, bring that shit back, 
and then come back on his birthday and steal his shit again. <laughs> Jeff's like, yep, let's do it. <laughs> so they hadn't hung him back up, so we start like looking through the offices and poking around, and all of a sudden I find it in this back room. And I take it, and I go out the back, and I text Jeff, like, yo, come across the street. I got some girls. He runs outside. He runs across the street. He's like, where's the girls? I just pull from my behind my back this Vanderjack jersey, and I give it to him. He's like, holy shit, we got it back. <laughs> so we go to bed that night. Now, he has to wake up and fly to New York in the morning because he has an MTV show. And I was just going to hang out there for two or three days and then meet him at the next place in Raleigh. So he wakes up. He gets on his flight. He flies to New York with the jersey. At like noon, I get a phone call from uh, one of the people that work at the comedy club. They're like, yo, you got to get off this island. The police are looking for you. They know you stole Vanderjack's jersey again. I was like, fuck. (laughs) So I have to have someone sneak onto this island because there's only one way in and one way out. And I hide in the back of this Jeep and we drive off the island. So then we start getting phone calls from Vanderjack and he's like, I know you guys have my jersey, man. That's fucked up. Just give it back. And we're like, fuck you. We're not giving your jersey back. You choked a little kid. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) So he's like, we're like, we'll be in L.A. If you want to come get him, come try us. And he's like, uh, so he's mad. He's having his sister call. Everybody calls us. And we were like, fuck it. We're not going to give it to him. But then eventually the lawyers get involved. And then his lawyers call our lawyers. And they're like, uh. It's a game-worn Pro Bowl jersey, the one he actually wore in the game. So it's a one-of-a-kind, so it's valued at like $20,000, so it'd be a felony. So we, ha- so we had to give it back, right? So we, we send him the jerseys back. We're like, it's over. A year later, he moved to Scottsdale, and he's doing an autograph thing, and, and my friends show up. And they start asking him about me, and he gets super fucking pissed and shuts down the autograph thing and walks off. So about two months later after that, we still had his phone number, and we called him up, and we were like, uh, we left him this long message. We're like, hey, Vanderjack, we're coming to the Tempe Improv. We want to make amends. We're sorry we stole your shit. If you just come out to the show, we'll leave tickets. Let us buy you drink. We just want to make, we want to apologize and make everything right. About 20 minutes later, we just got a text back in capital letters that just said, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> And that is the time we jacked Mike Vanderjack twice. Fuck yeah. So he's an asshole. So if you ever see him, steal all his shit. Absolutely, guys. That's great. Or if you see my dad, murder him. Thank you, Absolutely. Brand Tobler. Thank you, buddy. That's so good. All right, guys. How incredible are Brant's stories. You're like, I have not lived an actual life. Like, you feel like, like, whatever life you thought you lived, he actually lived the life. Yeah, he, he's gonna be that old man with all the stories at the bar. That no one believes. That, yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna look like a guy who just hyperbolizes his entire life, and it's like, oh wait, he really did steal a jersey (laughs) from twice. Yeah, that's not even his top NFL stories now. Yeah, I know. Since then, by the way, guys, he uh, his fantasy football starter is uh, Russell Wilson. Went to one of his shows and then had him in his his uh, little suite box. Yeah, at CenturyLink. Who is inside Russell Wilson's box? Okay, Michael. Uh, so guys, go ahead and uh, subscribe. Give us nice comments. Tell me that I'm pretty. Um, 
You can tweet me at uh, Aaron M. Marsh or follow uh, our Twitter at uh, Any Questions Pod. Yeah, and guys, make sure to rate and comment on the episodes. That helps us uh, get traction on Twitter or on uh, iTunes. So, all right, guys. Do that. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Adolescent Productions.